morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. Um, it's been a wonderful, I would say, yeah, it's a wonderful, it's been a wonderful day and weekend. Um, today is Monday, 24th of October. Yeah, this year really went very fast. This year went very very fast anyway so um yesterday i had a time of fellowship with a lady that i had met on my bible course she lives in the u.s and um, we'd been trying to schedule a time of connect together and um it just wasn't you know like almost two three months one thing or the other I felt, you know, a bit awkward because I felt like I cold called her into the conversation. We'd been on this online program. She'd said a couple of things that made me feel like we were, you know, there was commonality of experience. And anyways, I reached out. Eventually, we got together to yesterday and it was really lovely. It was on Zoom. It was an online conversation for like an hour. Time difference of about eight hours. But it was lovely. It was the first time... I had had the opportunity to have a conversation with someone who was walking in my shoes and has been going through something that is very similar to what I have gone through in the past two years. So it was just really, it was comforting, it was very special, it was very special because, and we're both Christians, you know both on a similar journey and struggling with the same things it was it was just really really good and even though we just had that meeting that was our first time for for meeting you know like face to face you know even though online um after the conversation we decided that we'll be meeting every month and i just think to myself look at what i would have missed out on if i didn't reach out to this person so I, I just want to talk about, you know, iron sharpness, iron. There's a scripture that says that says iron sharpness, iron. And what it means, and I think we all know this, you can't use a blunt knife to sharpen another knife. It's not, you know, it's not possible. You want to sharpen a knife, you have to get something sharp to sharpen it with. So either a sharp stone or another sharp knife. And um, it's... I think it just, you know, she also talked about the experience she'd had with people who just didn't understand, many of them in in faith circles, people not understanding what you were going through and just, like my people would say, talking in the nonsense, saying a lot of things that just weren't helpful. And of course, that whole conversation about how the modern church doesn't seem to be able to help people who are going through a unique set of crises and that's a conversation for another day but it was just it was amazing how two people living different parts of the planet one in the developed world one in an on well so-called third world and we have we're having the same experience the same challenges the same emotions around those challenges the same role god is playing with both of us you know and the fact that we, we at the end of the day we had to go back to God because the faith circles that we were in were just unable to p- understand or comprehend what we were dealing with and 
um, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it, it was it was it was just God. It was just really really God, and which is why I think it's a mistake when even when people come to Christ, we shouldn't be preaching church to them. We shouldn't be preaching congregations and local churches and oh my pastor this my pastor that because the point is that sometimes many of these things will fail but what will never fail us is the word of god the spirit of god the love of god and fellowship of god god his word will never fail his spirit will never fail but men i mean the men will fail men will fail you you know sometimes it, it, it happens sometimes men will fail um, let's just put it that way Bible says the arm of flesh will fail. If if I put my trust like I did, or, you know, I expect more than I should from men, from created beings, they will always fail you. At some point, they will. Whether they will to or they do not will to. The point is they do not have the ability to do what the Lord can do. They do not have the ability to do more than they can do. And uh, it's only God that is all-knowing, all-powerful, and there are some kinds of challenges that church people don't handle very well. If you're, and I, there are a lot of people who are in, I don't want to name, you know, challenges and things like that, but there are people who go through certain types of things. First of all, things to do with mental health, things to do with grief, things to do with, um, with, with depression, things to do with, you know, those kind of peculiar, even domestic violence, you know, things that, those things that require you challenges of the soul i would say you know challenges that you know there just seems to be a superficial interpretation of issues that is not corroborated in the scriptures and um it's just it's, it's just not helpful let's just put it that way it's just not helpful it's not helpful so at such times um people have to lean on their relationships with god and the essence really of my reflection this morning is the importance of surrounding yourself with people of your own tribe. And when I use that word tribe, I mean people who are walking in the same path that you are walking in. Um, we see that in the apostles. Jesus surrounded himself with his own tribe. And, and again, I'm not talking ethnic tribe here. I'm talking of spiritual tribe. I'm talking of people who are walking in your path. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't reach out to other people. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be accessible. But it means that for the purposes of your well-being, your growth, you need to have these people who can sharpen you, who can strengthen you, who understand what you're going through and can speak life to you when you need it. And not the people who do not understand and would say things that would be crushing, that would you know, mess with your faith and just make you even more despondent about your situation, of which there are many people who may be professing Christians, but for some reason, they do not understand what you're going through. Such people, I personally believe this is what I believe and this is what I found. At such, well, if depending on the level of challenge you're going through, and I mean things around, you know, like maybe some very serious health challenges or whatever, you do not need people around you who are going to make you, leave you feeling sad or worse about how you're feeling. You do not need people who are unable to strengthen your faith at that time. Who are going to be coming and accusing you and telling you, oh, you haven't done this. This is happening because you did this or it's because of what you've done in your past or your parents did. You know, all those kind of unhelpful and most of the time untrue statements, completely not born in reality. People who are trying to superimpose other people's experiences onto your own situation simply because it looks like it's the same thing. So 
I'm finding that at certain phases of one's life, one has to be a whole lot more intentional about the people that you bring around you. And I like the Jesus model. Jesus was very accessible. He was preaching to everybody. He reached out to a lot of people. But he had a close set of confidence. And even within those confidence, the first thing he did was to pick his team. So even with, so they, they were a buffer. Of course, the disciples were a buffer between him and the multitudes. So we, 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 when we look at how Jesus related with people... So, yeah, I went to check out um, the scripture that I was referring to. So that's Proverbs 27, 17. And it says, um, I read, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So as I was saying, I think, so my personal reflection coming out of that really wonderful fellowship session that I had yesterday evening was that there is value in having people around you that can help you on the journey that you're on and I think because many of us will have many journeys going on at the same time I think there is not a lot of value in us um, finding those co-travelers because you know back to what I was saying before Jesus had his 12 the first thing he did when he started off his ministry he called the 12 then there were the 70 that he called to go out and preach the gospel. And he was very accessible. The Bible tells us all the people he interacted with. He attended weddings. He preached sermons on the mount. He visited people in their homes. He went into the synagogues. He interacted with hundreds, thousands of people. But he had his core team his co-travelers and even within those 12 we're told that there were those in fact we could see there were those who he had a special relationship with with peter he tended to discuss certain things with peter you know he had that whole conversation about who do men say that i am telling him that you know he was going to deny him he sort of he's it's only peter that we sort of see him having that what's you know stuff is about to go down that kind of conversation when somebody calls it like man things are really going to they're going to get bad even though he did talk to everybody on the last supper but with peter they had a very serious conversation where he really talked about you know you're going to deny me three days satan wanted to sift you but i prayed you know i mean it was real stuff um i think it was also peter he had that conversation when he said um feed my sheep when he said do you love me then he said lord you know that i love you he says feed my sheep and he said it three times you know so there were those people and you know he said to him he said simon bajoda flesh and blood has not revealed this to you on this rock i'll build my church so there was a special relationship with peter i know people like to talk about the relationship we had with john because john is described as the disciple whom the lord loves and he was almost like teacher's pets you know that kind of thing sometimes when um jesus was talking to the disciples we're told that John would actually put his head on his breast. So I think John was at that age when it was possible for him to do so. I mean, it would have really looked weird if people like Peter did that. Peter was a mature man, had a wife and family and all that. I don't know about John's marital status, but it seemed like from the way, you know, the, the, the narrative goes, you can it almost seems like he was young. But he, John too had a special relationship with the Lord, but so did Peter. So we can see those two standing out. And then the rest of the disciples, people like Thomas, you know, who eventually, who we know as the doubting Thomas, 
we we didn't know much of him until after jesus died and he started saying he wouldn't believe jesus was resurrected until he saw his hands and feet and we see how jesus responded to that he said well i'm happy that you've seen and therefore you believe but blessed are those who did will not see but yet they will believe which is you and i because we actually didn't see jesus on earth we didn't see him crucified, we didn't see him resurrected, but we have heard the words and we have believed and we've received. So the Lord says that we are blessed. So Jesus had, he was accessible, he loved everybody equally. He was, you know, ministering to people. He did not have respect for persons, but he still had his 70, he had his 12, and he had his two or three. I think that model is what everybody should work towards. And these people, we always talk a lot about the ministry of Jesus, but Jesus needed the disciples. He needed the 70. In the same way as he needs you and I. So it wasn't so much they needed him to. Of course, they needed him because he was the savior of the universe. But he needed them to. He couldn't have done the work without them. And they were a part of the sustenance of his early life on earth. Also, anyways, let me not digress into another thing. So, what if i look at jesus jesus surrounded himself with the right people even though he had a ministry and of course we 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 do find that out of those 12 there was one person that was a judas one person that betrayed him we also see that that one person was not close to him in that sense from the start but we also know that judas had to be part of the 12 because that was so that the scripture would be fulfilled it doesn't mean that all of us should willfully allow a Judas to be in our midst and be close to us. Even Jesus did not allow Judas to be as close to him. There is no record or account of Jesus having a the kind of conversation that he had with Peter or with John, with Judas. In fact, what he said to him was that, you know, you know, okay, before that, I think he, he made one comment where he, um, you know, the time when, yeah, okay, the only conversation I think Jesus that is recorded of Jesus speaking with him directly was when he said, um, you know, go and that, that which you have to do, do quickly. It, it, it almost seemed, in fact, it, Jesus didn't, there's no record of Jesus having any special relationship with Judas other than him just being one of the twelve. And from the beginning, we know that he was in it for himself because he was more concerned about the money, which is why eventually he ended up, you know, betraying him. And, um, and it's instructive that Jesus prayed for Peter not to be sifted by Satan. But, you know, and I guess that's because in Peter's case, he knew that Peter loved Jesus and it, will, it would have been a case of him being sifted unknowingly. But in Judas's case, Judas was evil. Judas was, it was the love of money. Judas was just a, I mean, he was so controlled with the love of money that even when a woman spilled an alabaster box and a bottle of, um, of oil and used it to you know to like bless jesus the only thing he would think about was that we could have used this money for the poor and um you know the the account reads that we could tell that it wasn't that he was concerned about the poor but he was concerned about the fact that he would have less money available in the till to steal and we do know that there are people like that even today in the church anyways so that's that but what I'm getting from all of this is that, like this Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I need to be intentional. We need to be intentional. I need to be intentional, more intentional 
about the people that I bring around me. And I think this is what the Lord has been doing to me in the last two years. Because in this last two years, um, now I understand what certain relationships I had to bring to an end, a very abrupt end. And it wasn't done. It was just done simply because the journey I was on, um, it, I it, they couldn't go with me on that journey. And... Um, if the, the, because of the kind of person I am, and so you know, there just there was just no way. There was there was there was no way. And um, when the Lord led me to start reordering those relationships, it felt a bit harsh for me, and it was tough and difficult because these are people that I really, really, I genuinely liked the friendship. You know what I'm saying? These were people I really, really liked. In fact, loved, you know what I mean. And um, But I also did recognize that our paths, the more I became closer to God, the more difficult it was becoming. I, I just, you know, it just became, it just got to a point there was, you know, it, you know, and there was just a lot going on in my life. I just needed to focus, so I couldn't resist, you know, I just couldn't keep fighting what I knew needed to happen and yeah now looking back I I I know it was the right decision and I thank God for bringing me to that place where I was able to make that decision because it enabled me to focus on my own personal journey my spiritual journey with the Lord which is the most important thing for me in my life based on what I'm going through and based on where I always I've always wanted to be with the Lord it's given me the space and the time to focus on the things that are most important to me. So I think, and then it's also created space for me to, because of the vacuum, the Lord it has now created, then created space for me to begin to, how would I say, expand the spaces of those who God needed me, who needed their spaces expanded in my life, and then to bring in new people. And that bringing in is happening slowly and steadily, not in the way that I would imagine. But part of it is part of this connect that happened yesterday. It was the most amazing thing. And even though I have related with people who've, who've had challenges that are similar to mine in, in, in terms of um, difficult stuff, but this person, what was unique about it was that it was almost like for like experience. In fact, I would be saying certain things, she would just be nodding. I would say, you know, she would say certain things, I would nod, you know. It was, it was really, and it was, it was just really nice. And we've committed to be meeting every month. And I trust God. I will always go into the sessions prayerfully and believe that whatever it is that the Lord will use it to do, that He will do it for us. Because, like Proverbs 27 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so woman sharpens another. We bless. When we surround ourselves with the right people, we are better for it. We are blessed for it. People change people. People help people. People support people. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you and I are, you know, God didn't come down from heaven to make it happen for us. He didn't send angels. He sent people to bless you, to support you. Even when he gives us words and he tells, you know, like things to do, he sends people to clarify, to confirm it's always people that he uses. The devil also uses people. And I think that is what we all, that is the lesson that I have learned in a very painful and hurtful way in the past two years. 
the devil uses people in the same way that god uses can use people and does use people to bless to heal to deliver to save to sharpen to lift up to encourage to comfort to give peace the same way the enemy uses people to steal to kill to destroy to traumatize to oppress to corrupt he uses people as well and he will use people close to you if they will allow themselves he will use people that come in contact with you if they yield themselves he will use people because he cannot use i mean anything else the people what he can use that can interspace our world every day our people and the worst thing you can be is being in a relationship a very close relationship with someone that the devil is using actively using to oppress you and if that's something a situation that you are in and it feels like there's nothing that you can do about it i think it's important that we lean on god in those times and ask him for the wisdom the strength and the courage to deal with it because jesus himself did not keep destructive people around him that's why the pharisees the sadducees he didn't choose disciples from any of them people that he knew were not ready to listen in fact he said to the disciples when they asked him why he was speaking in parables he said to you it is given but to others so he made a big distinction between he carefully selected the people who would be around him yes because he was on a mission he couldn't just have anyone and he said to the Lord in John 7, he said, All that you have given unto me I have kept, except the son of perdition, which is Judas, so that the scriptures will be fulfilled. So that one Judas was allowed in the fold because it needed one person to betray him. But it, to show you how impregnable his inner circle was, if he hadn't brought in that Judas, it would have been impossible for anybody to come to him. It had to be somebody who had access Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're just dropping this. So, those of us who are on a mission with God, we should not willfully give access to people, to sons of perdition, to come into our very inner circle space. It shouldn't be. You can relate with them ministry-wise like Jesus did. However, they shouldn't even be part of the 70, not talk of the 12. Because the 70 and the 12 are part of the mission of God. In Jesus' case, the son of perdition came because he came to die. He was allowed in. And Jesus knew who he was. And he knew what he had come to do. And he said it, he confirmed it in John chapter 17 that that son of perdition was allowed into the inner circle because of the scripture to be fulfilled. But none of us have that messianic call. Clearly, we're not, you know, we're not the son of God. We're not the son of man. We're not the blood. We're not the lamb. We're not, you know, we're not the only begotten of the Lord. Neither are we the son of God made flesh. You know, we're not God incarnate. We're not Emmanuel. We're not any of those things. So that was for Jesus. But the model which we see clearly in him is that he made sure that it was people who were able to help him and his path and his ministry and the call of God upon his life. And so it was, he was sharpening them. They were also sharpening him. I mean, I, I know the Holy Spirit permit me to say that. When I say sharpening, I mean in the fact that they were 
helping his cause and his ministry, even by their listening, by their being there, by their, yeah, they were helping to fulfill purpose. The 70 were doing the work of Jesus. Jesus was delivering through them. They were a part of him. They were a part of his ministry. So it was very much a symbiotic relationship between him and his disciples. So yes, iron was sharpening iron. But Jesus was sharpening them so that they were able to sharpen other people as well. So that's, this is really ministering to me because I'm now saying it's, and I've heard a man of God preach about this as well. It, it is actually very dangerous to bring in, to allow access to those who shouldn't be in your inner circle. Keep them in the ministry space. Keep them, you know, maybe even if this, in the 70, if you, I, well, I don't know why you keep them in the 70, but definitely not. They shouldn't be part of your close, they shouldn't be part of your 12. And most of us would not even have 12, you know, people around us, you know what I'm saying, like a close circle. It should probably be three, four, five, or two, sometimes even one. So we need to, those of us that would have only one in the space of 12, you then need to be careful about who that one is. And if you happen to be in a situation already where that one person is already there and it's being revealed that this person is anti-God and anti, anti-Christ anti in your life, then it's, it's a point for prayer. Um, Jesus told us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I found that being wise, that wisdom is the principal thing. Once you, once one is aware, then it's easier to know what to do. It's easier to know how not to put oneself in the situation whereby that evil is able to do its work. But when you're completely blissfully unaware, then evil just has its way. So I'm just going to leave it at that and thank God for what he's taking me through and what I'm learning. And um, I pray that the Lord will fulfill his journey in my life, in our lives, all to his glory. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm.